You're listening to Grow, Cook, Inspire, and this is an exclusive RHS Chelsea preview mini-series supported by Caledonian Horticulture. Hello and welcome to the final episode of our Chelsea mini-series for 2022. I'm recording this on the eve of the Chelsea Flower Show. The famous show gates and all their floral glory will be thrown open tomorrow morning to the press and then to the public on Tuesday. And as we have learned over the last few episodes, whether you are visiting or watching the coverage on the TV, you are set to be inspired. No matter what size your garden is, whether you're growing in a container or a window box, you are going to be blown away. What's more, as we are still in the midst of no mommy and it was World Bee Day the other day, expect swathes of naturalistic and pollinator friendly planting with a focus on the power which plants can have to our environment as well as our physical and mental well-being. Something we have grown to really appreciate over the last two years and something we are not set to forget for a very long time. Today's guest is no stranger to Chelsea. She is a Chelsea gold medal winner and also a TV presenter. And what's more, she was also a doctor in a former life. For Chelsea 2022, Juliet Sargent is designing the new Blue Peter Garden for the BBC. Now, the subject and the focus of the garden is going to be all about soil, something we all too often take for granted, but is paramount to growing. So what goes on beneath our feet is probably more important to what's happening up above it. Now, the aim of the garden is to provide an immersive place for children to discover more about soil and learn how important it is for the future of our planet. Now, I don't know about you, but I have yet to meet a child who doesn't love digging about the garden looking for wriggly worms and creepy crawlies. It's the stuff of childhood dreams while also making mud pies, of course. And this inquisitive nature of children means that their imaginations are captured and something like soil can become a source of huge fascination and wonder. And that is exactly what Juliet's garden is trying to achieve. Now, like all the gardens, I am really excited about Juliet's design because it is really going to excite and encourage a whole new generation of gardeners, growers, farmers and scientists because, as I keep saying, soil is so, so vital to the future of our environment. Recognising that soil is not just dirt, but much, much more is basically the foundation and the key message that Juliet is trying to get across. Now, apologies for the dodgy connection, but please do enjoy the final interview ahead of the opening of the RHS Chelsea Flower Show this week. Enjoy. Hello. Hello. I know. Nice, nice to hear you. Nice to see you. I know. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? 
Very well, very well. You will be, you will be. I suppose you never really stop, do you? Um, sunshine in Sussex today? Sorry? Sunshine with you in Sussex? It is, it is very nice, actually. Winter settled, so that's a good thing. Excellent, excellent. Well, listen, as I said, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I am looking to delve deeper into the show garden that you're putting together for this year's Chelsea Flower Show, which is very exciting. You are creating the Blue Peter Garden. But before we delve into that, I'm really keen to find out a little more about what you were doing before designing gardens, because you were doing something very different, I believe. Before. Oh, yes. Well, my first sort of incarnation was as um, a doctor, a medical doctor. It was quite some time ago now, but that was what I did straight out of school. And what sort of area of medicine did you do? Were you in hospitals? Yeah, yeah. So I did my, um, my rotations. You do six months of heart, six months of liver, etc. So I did all that. My, um, my aim was always to go into psychiatry. And that was what I'd always wanted to do since I was about seven. But um, I sort of ran out of steam. Really. <laughs> I could believe that. My husband's a doctor and my sister-in-laws are all doctors. And <laughs> you do run out of steam. <laughs> I think you've chosen the right path. So is that the reason for going into garden design? You just had had enough and just wanted to do something more creative? Yeah, I mean, I, do, I'm, I hope it's different these days, but in, in my day, if you wanted to do medicine, you very early on in your education had to drop anything creative and really focus on the sciences, um, which for somebody who's a bit of an all-rounder like me, it was, it was very sad uh, to drop all the creative stuff, and I'd always missed it. Um, and so I think that's why I wanted to return to it. I mean, medicine is great. I loved being a doctor, but it's not that creative. You're sort of slightly discouraged from being too creative if you're a doctor. Yeah, no, I could, I can quite. <laughs> but in saying that, what what have you taken from your career in medicine and transplanted it into your gardening? Is there? Uh, yeah, there's loads. Of when I made the change, I thought, like most people think, I thought, well, it was a very drastic change. But actually, I find that there are some really useful similarities and uh, transferable skills, as people talk about, um, one of which is generally problem solving. Both of them are about problem solving. If somebody comes to you either with a tummy ache or with a boggy patch at the bottom of their garden, and uh, and they want you um, to advise them. And so it's very get to know the problem and with your expertise your years of knowledge suggest the best fit solution brilliant so moving on to me uh, and Chelsea this is not your first rodeo you exhibited back in 2016 and took home a gold medal uh, not to be sniffed at um, who approached you to do this specific garden for Blue Peter well, I, I got a mysterious um, phone call one day from um, uh, an anonymous benefactor who wanted to do something to really cheer everybody up after the pandemic. And he wanted to also support um, UK charities who we all know time um, during the pandemic have lost a lot of income. And um, so he wanted to both give a boost so that everybody could enjoy lots of lovely gardens and support charities. 
Cool. And you obviously did not hesitate to say to say yes. Well, once I'd realised it wasn't a hoax, <laughs> I, uh, I said, yes, of course, I'd love to. And um, he wanted in particular um, to celebrate Blue Peter. Now, of course, Blue Peter is not a charity, um, but he wanted to celebrate Blue Peter because of all the work that BBC and BBC Children's Programming had done to support the children during lockdown and support their education. So the Blue Peter Garden is a little bit different in that it's not a charity, um, but that was my brief to do a garden in celebration and sort of thanks to Blue Peter. But I was allowed to choose the theme myself. So, um, so really without much hesitation, I decided to make it all about soil. It's brilliant and so timely because I think it's something that we we take for granted. We sort of, it's under our feet, but actually without soil, without connecting to what's underneath our feet, we don't have any plants, we don't have any food. And I've got three children and each of my three children are fascinated by soil because who doesn't like getting their hands dirty and looking for worms? (laughs) I mean, I think that's it. Children start off fascinated by soil and then gradually I think we as adults put them off by saying you know don't get dirty come in wash your hands um and so we in a sense we 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 alienate them from soil and I I see that as a bit of a metaphor from the general alienation from nature and landscape but one things one of the things that drew me to the subject of soil was that I I First, I started thinking about oh, doing a children's garden and uh, wonderful children's gardens pop in my head, um, you know, lovely bright primary colours or play areas. And I thought, that's, that's great. Of course, children love to play. But I also thought, especially post-pandemic, of the certain seriousness is to children these days. And they have a sort of way... Welcome back, Juliet. Hello there. I hate this. I am much more, I am much prefer speaking to people face to face. So I don't know how far I've got through. Let's go back. You were talking about sort of the, the need to sort of connect children back to nature through the garden and via soil. Yes, now hang on, let me have a think. Um, uh, yes. Hello? Hello. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm um, still... <laughs> okay. Um, yes, so I, um, I had to think about all the beautiful children's gardens that I've seen over the years, and I thought about, you know, primary colours and play areas. But I wanted to really address the, the certain seriousness that I detect in children these days. I think they have a, a weight on their shoulders that we possibly didn't have as children. And um, I wanted to acknowledge that they will be the custodians of the earth um, in the future. And I think they, they feel that, they know that. So I, I could have done um, carbon or climate change, but I wanted to particularly being a gardener, I wanted to address what I think of as the silent environmental problem, which is the problem of uh, soil soil degradation. Brilliant. And again, the fascination that comes with that, and I can imagine children just being engrossed by that. I think something that we probably take for granted as adults. 
Yeah, I think you're right, Helen, that, you know, we walk on the soil all the time, not thinking that it's there and it's supporting everything, really. None of us would be there without that amazing, complex life that goes on beneath our feet. And children, I think, they, they instinctively love it. They instinctively want to sort of wallow in it and paint it and eat it and <laughs> smell it. But... Um, but when they do become turned off, and a lot of them do as they get a bit older, it becomes a, a sort of slightly alien subject, particularly, I think, when soil scientists, love them as they do, can make the subject a little bit boring. So I wanted to give children an inroad, an access to this subject. And I think the best way is through their senses and through their creativity. Brilliant. So what sort of planting can we expect? And what, what is the sort of the layout of the garden? How much can you give me away? Oh, no, I can I can tell you all about it. Um, so I, I have, first thing I wanted to do was give children a sense of sort of descending into the soil, but also of lifting the soil up to eye level so that it's no longer hidden beneath our feet. So I wanted it to be a very three-dimensional um, experience for them. And then I also thought about the idea that the soil does support the wider landscape. So it supports woodlands and meadows and it supports, of course, food crops and also our hobby, our hobby gardening. So I thought I'll try and represent all those different landscapes on multiple levels. So it's quite a complex garden. Um, and there will be, um, hopefully, a barley field if we can get it to grow. It's quite a challenge. Um, there'll be some meadow, there'll be a little woodland and a lot of colourful garden type planting in the garden. Brilliant. And have you worked with children to bring this all together? Yeah, I thought it was really, really important to get children involved. And so, um, Blue Peter, Blue Peter editor, Ellen, thinking that it should have a little bit of a sense of, um, you know, make and do that they do all the time on Blue Peter programmes. Um, so it was really important to get the children, or get some children, to do some artworks. And I've been working with them. Um, Fabulous, fabulous um, year fives from Dean's Primary in Salford. And they have created lots of lovely paintings of mini beasts and micro beasts um, for us to display in the garden. Fantastic. And where's the garden going to go after Chelsea? Well, it's lovely, actually, because this garden is, has right from the start been designed for its permanent home, the RHS Garden in Bridgewater, um, which was one. I wanted Salford children to be involved in the making of it because when it lives at Bridgewater they'll be able to go to the garden take their friends and families and say That's my painting I did that and and watch the garden grow as they grow yeah absolutely and at Bridgewater we've got more space so mm -hmm. we'll have some um, planting beds where get involved and actually do a bit of gardening Fantastic. No, that, that sounds super. How do you feel that Chelsea is sort of, I feel there's a shift in the air. Um, the whole feel of Chelsea seems to be to shifting to sort of much more sort of natural, wild feel about it and engaging with a different demographic. Is that your opinion of the way that the, the show is evolving? 
I think it's certainly, I think reflecting actually what's going on in society, that we're um, thinking a lot more about environments and sustainable issues and about nature and our impact on nature. And that is reflected in the themes of the gardens um, at, at all the RHS shows, I think, which is a, a fabulous thing. And I know there are tremendous efforts afoot to engage with younger people and more diverse audience. How successful it is yet, I, I'm not sure. You know, the jury's out, but I think the efforts are certainly being made. I think I, I think the foundation is being is being laid and I do feel there's a younger audience certainly interested in things like soil and it's just about maintaining that I think and that's where I think it's really important that we get them quite young and start at primary school and make sure we continue that into secondary school because as you said earlier on children they lose interest I mean they lose interest in sport as well at a certain age um, when they go off to secondary school so I guess it's just how, how do we maintain that that interest and keep them captivated yeah I mean I think um, I think we can in a sense we can chill about that a little bit because I'm a firm believer that if you lay the foundations if you sow the seeds early on in childhood they will come back you know they have to go off and do their own thing um as they as they become their own people but but once the the seeds are are, are sown and the interest is there i think people return to it um yeah. and so as you say I, I think it's tremendously important to inspire young people to connect with nature be involved with the landscape be concerned about the environment when they're when they're very young um and then i think that will remain with them and where do you draw your inspiration from juliet generally speaking um most of the time it's actually from the people who are going to use the spaces so um of course i love plants but my gardens are very much sort of people-centered my first thought is always how do i want people to feel this space rather than how do I want it to look um, and I, I think how I want to feel then I imagine myself feeling that way and I think well what do I need to put in this garden to get them to feel that. Fantastic so after Chelsea what's what's on the cards for the rest of 2022? Oh we've got loads of really lovely um, private projects what I love about my job you know no two gardens but we've also got an, a lovely um, public project on in Woolwich, um, which I'm hoping will be all about engaging the community again. Um, it's the um, Commonwealth and Gurkha Garden um, in Woolwich, and it's going to be in commemoration and celebration of the, the Commonwealth. Um, we're, we're just at this sort of early design and fundraising stage for that. Fantastic. Any plans to do something up in Scotland? <laughs> Well, I haven't been invited. <laughs> <laughs> I, <didn't> invite <laughs> I might have to work on the funding. <laughs> yeah, we, we need more of a Scottish influence, I feel. that That's something that's missing as well. We need a taste of Scotland in some of the gardens. Um, yeah. well, well, you've got, I mean, fabulous designers in Scotland. I'm looking forward to um, Lynn Hill coming doing something at Chelsea one day. She's coming to help um, with our garden this year. So I should be leaning on her and saying, when are you coming? When are you coming to Chelsea? Yeah. 
Definitely, definitely. Well, listen, Juliet, thank you so much for your time today. I am very much looking forward to seeing the Blue Peter Garden in all its glory. It sounds like it's going to be um, really fascinating and uh, hopefully quite inspiring as well. Thank you, Helen. Thank you. Okay, Juliet. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you to Juliet for chatting and to all of my guests, thank you for taking part in this fantastic mini series. If you are heading to Chelsea, have the most brilliant time and join me next week as I cover my best bits. Please do remember to subscribe, share and review however you listen to your podcasts. It makes such a huge difference. Until next time, keep growing and cooking. Grow Cook Inspire is supported by Caledonian Horticulture, who specialise in a range of peat-free horticulture products at their composting sites in the southeast of Scotland. Sustainability is at the very heart of everything they do, diverting valuable resources from landfill and protecting our environment. For more information, visit caledonianhorticulture.co.uk.